are Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to uh, Friday Coffee Date with my boy Jason Quick from The Athletic. Yeah. Longtime Blazer beat writer, and we're here to talk about, of course, your Portland Trail Blazers, who just ended a three-game road trip last night in Phoenix with a, you know, a win that they should have had against the Suns. I think everyone expected them to handle that game. Eric, I think this is the best basketball the Blazers have played all year. Wow! Even uh, you even know. with the loss at Oklahoma City. Yeah, I, I wasn't that discouraged by that loss. I thought they. They played really tough considering it was the back end of the back-to-back. They got in to Oklahoma City at 3 a.m. that day. Uh, and they were right there to the end. So uh, I wasn't that discouraged by that. But I think just overall, when you look at their body of play for the last two or three weeks, and granted, this has been an easy month schedule-wise, uh-huh. yeah. but I think uh, you can see that they're playing better basketball. Well, the the... We, we talked about it before the show. But the, 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 you, so you had some flight mishaps on your way to yeah. Utah. But in that game, you know, I thought it was just as good as the Golden State win for me because Utah had all their guys. They were pretty much all healthy, all their key guys, and they are playing really well. They are, like, on an upswing right now after having a really slow start to the season. And I feel like when the Blazers played the Warriors – they were still kind of in that, like, they were in a little bit of a funk. Warriors were in a funk, yeah. Yeah, and so uh, I was really impressed with the way that they beat Utah at Utah. I was really, like, the way Nurkic played and then also the way Lehman played in the second half. Exactly. Was... So that's that's kind of the, the crux of why I think Blazer fans should be kind of encouraged by this spell because when you look at this season with the lens of okay, are they going to be able to advance in the playoffs? I think you look at some things that are different from past years. and Like last year, Dane carried them the second half of the season. Had huge performance after huge performance. This year, he hasn't had to do that. He's having an excellent, excellent season, but he hasn't had those huge games where he just wills the team or carries the team to victories. And then also, I think more so than any time recently... The Blazers have an inside presence with Yusuf. I, I think they're utilizing it and going to it. And I talked to Dame about this uh, after the Oklahoma City game. And he's like, that's a big deal, especially with how more teams are playing small ball. We can really use Yusuf and exploit that. And we've gotten comfortable going to him down there. And then also the third thing, you mentioned it with Layman hitting the outside shots. That has been obviously kind of their Achilles heel when they get in the playoffs. Teams double-team Damon CJ, and they need someone on the weak side to hit that outside shot. And Alfred Camino, Maurice Harkless, they haven't been exactly consistent in that. But no. this year, Lehman and Seth Curry have been upgrades yeah. in there. So they have a guy on the weak side or at least a guy on the wing who can hit an open three. And I think those three things uh, – are encouraging, I think, for this team. I, I, I really agree. And, I, I you know, you touched on this a couple of weeks ago when we talked about Layman and what he does well and how he really runs the sets. 
Yeah. One of the other things that I think also really just makes him more dangerous is those back cuts and his athleticism. Yeah. You know, I know for a while, you know, I think they said, you know, Harkless is the most athletic guy on the team, but I don't know if anybody jumps higher than Lehman. I yeah. Mean, I mean, he, he gets up high for those lobs, and as good as Harkless was, that was never a part of his game, like run mm-hmm. back door, catch right. a lob, and dunk it. Like, yeah. Portland hasn't had a guy to do that. Since Rudy Fernandez, really? Yeah, they yeah. haven't. They haven't had a guy that can do that, and, and, and it's it's opened up another level where at Nurkic gets the rim open a little bit, and then Layman also getting it there, and even you know Myers Leonard had a bunch of dunks this year. Uh, Portland has gotten a lot more of those this year, and I think Layman is kind of the best guy that has given them both of those things. Yeah, Layman, as far as a long term solution. That notion is starting to grow on me. I, I, I'm still not sold. I want to see a little bit more consistency against good opponents. You know, for instance, in, against Oklahoma City, he had four points and really wasn't a factor in that game. He did have a good game at Utah. Uh, but I, I want to see him. I, I need a bigger sample size yeah. out of him. Well, and, and, and this is the thing, too. And I, a couple of weeks ago when we chatted, uh, you know, we talked about the long. We were talking about what they need to do in the short term, and I was talking about the wings. And, and you know, Layman had just started to get to play a little bit more again. And this kind of just it is going to be kind of funny, though. It's like, okay, so what happens if Layman does play really, really well the rest of the season? You know, what kind of offers are he, is he going to get in free yeah. agency? And then it's almost like. They're back to the Alan Crab yeah. situation again, where they might have to match a deal that's you know an overpay for for Jake Layman. And it's yeah. like, I guess, do they believe that Layman can be like, well, you know, a Chandler Parsons type of player? Right. I would say right now that's a decent problem to have. Yeah, that's because true. Because it beats that's the true. alternative that's where true. we thought Jake yeah. was last year where it's like, boy, do you even sign him to the million right. dollar contract? Right, right, right. So, do you, yeah, do you, do you it, pick it's up a positive in a way in that that's he's true. elevated his game uh, to at least be uh, having us talk about this. Well, yeah, I, I think, you know, what I really like about Jake's game is, as we've talked about before, is how he runs the sets and how just how hard and how crisp it is. And I think that has been the biggest factor in the Blazers' assists skyrocketing. I mean, their, their assists per game has really spiked uh, in the last two or three weeks, and I think that directly correlates to, to Jake. Yeah, no, and, 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 it's, and it's kind of funny because I think last year, and even I think I started to believe it too, was, okay, the reason that the Blazers don't have any assists is Dave and CJ are hogging the ball. But really... A lot of it came down to guys around them not making any of the shots, yeah. any, not converting any of the passes that they gave them to assist. Yeah. And Nurkic is doing that this year for them, and then also Layman is doing that for them. And Seth Curry, you mentioned him as well. Yeah. You know, Eric, uh, it was interesting. After the Oklahoma City game, I had a extended conversation with Yusuf Nurkic, and I didn't write a story on it because... I, you know, sometimes you, Yusuf can say stuff that is a little bit out in left field and it's a little bit more dramatic than it needs to be. Yeah. Uh, but Go. he was saying, and 
and he wasn't talking specifically about that Oklahoma City game. He was talking big picture, but it was a point because it happened in that game was he feels like the team needs to involve more people offensively. Because in that Oklahoma City game, it was all Dame, CJ, and Nerd. Uh-huh. And, you know, Maurice Harkless had, I, I can't remember what the stats were, but yeah. know, nobody else did anything. Yeah, Harkless had a bad game. Yeah. And, and he felt. Lehman had a bad game. And he particularly brought up Evan Turner. That he felt that they needed to get Evan more involved, get him in post ups and mismatches. But I talked to Dame and CJ about that, and CJ in particular was like, well, what do you expect us to do? You know, <laughs> <laughs> to not play yeah. through the guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Dane was—he was a little bit more introspective, and he said, "You know what? I'm very cognizant of that, and I try, uh, in particular, to have ET bring the ball up sometimes, and I'm off the ball, and I try to get uh, set screens so people switch on him, and he gets that mismatch." And he says, "I I always try to get Mo involved early." And matter of fact, in the Oklahoma City game, I think the first two plays went to Mo, and Mo couldn't hit a layup. Uh, Which that was his first back-to-back, too, that he's played. It was, yeah. yeah. Um, So anyways, that's something to keep an eye on. And and I didn't want to blow that up and and make a big deal about it because I want to see it develop a little bit more. And and it's hard because they've played so many bad teams. Yeah. You know, of course, against Phoenix, everyone's going to (laughs) score. Tomorrow against Atlanta, everyone's going to score. Yeah. It's when you get against those good teams like Utah, Oklahoma City, uh, they got San Antonio coming up. That's when you know it, it's time to start analyzing that because those are potential uh, playoff teams yeah. and, and how teams how, how you handle that. So that's something to, to keep an eye on. Is Yusuf saying he feels like the team needs to involve more people? Well, you know, if they can keep getting Layman involved, I think that'll be a good start. But I think we're gonna take a quick break and then we're gonna be back with some more locked on Blazers. And we're back here for another segment of Locked On Blazers here on this Friday. Blazers are back home after playing the Phoenix Suns last night. They're looking ahead for the Atlanta Hawks tomorrow. But the conversation that we're having is is beyond last night's game and tomorrow night's game. It's, you know, what can they do against the playoffs? And I thought that uh, Isaac Rock actually had a great Twitter thread this week, and I can't remember the record off the top of my head. It's like 76 and 108. Yeah, against above 500 teams yeah. in the West. And and that's a pretty damning statistic if, yeah. you're, if you're looking at this Blazers team and, and thinking about their prospects to grow. Into, like, I think Nurkic is a different player this year. I think that's legitimate. I think Seth Curry is a great addition, and I think Layman has been good, but I think we still need to wait before we anoint him the starter or anything like that. And, but, you know, the point remains, you know, does this team have to make a move to improve on the wing? And, and it still seems like they're you know, they've been mentioned, I think, on ESPN's The Jump. They were, like, the second team Zach Lowe mentioned as a team to make a move. But, we, you know, we hear that a lot. It, yeah. It, and I think today, didn't, wasn't there Yeah. Uh, sporting news guy said they're looking at the Memphis, a couple Memphis wings. Yeah, Temple Gar- and, Garrett Temple and, J- and Jermichael Green. Yeah. Who, who, which, you know, Green, I, you know, I guess, in theory, if, if you think he's an upgrade to Aminu... But I don't know if he is, because Amin is such a great defender. You know, I don't know. Jermichael, at least in 
the game that I covered down there in Memphis, he jumped out as far as his energy level, and he was a game changer down there. Uh, I like him. Uh, I'd have to look more at his shooting stats. He's shooting, so. he's shooting it good. He's but, shooting at 39% this year. Yeah, he really jumped out off the court to me as far as his energy level. Yeah. And Temple, I really like. He's a very solid veteran. I think he'd be great in the locker room. Uh, and he can hit the three ball, good defender. So it'll be interesting to see what Neil does. I, I just don't think the Blazers roster is attractive to other teams. Right, yeah. You know, that first-round pick might be their biggest uh, carrot yeah, yeah, for other teams. Yeah, if they can package that with a salary that another team is like, okay, we'll take this on through next year just so we can get your extra pick, right. that that might be enough to get a deal done, especially for the guys that we're talking about. Like, we're talking about Jermichael Green, and you know, Jermichael Green is a starting caliber forward, yeah. and, and Garrett Temple is, you know, he's a solid rotation win. Right. And, and I think he's more... He's more 3 and D than basically anybody that the Blazers have on the wing, I think. Yeah. He brings a very good combination of that. I've always been... I, as of last year when he was watching him on the Kings, I was I was saying, like, can we get Garrett Temple on a good team? Can we get him on a team that's in the playoffs? Because he, he seems like a guy that would really help you in that situation. Um, so I, I'd be interested in that. But, I, you know, I, I think that type of move... I'm not really clear on what Temple makes this year, but I don't think it's a whole lot. Uh, I know that Memphis signed him in the offseason, but now they're, you know, they're they're packing it up. They're going to trade Conley and Gasol, which uh, those are two guys Portland doesn't need, right. which is, you know, a good position to be in that, hey, these guys are going to get traded that, you know, have gone to a conference finals, but I think you really realistically can look at yourself and be like, hey, I mean, Dame is better than Mike Conley. Nurkic is better than Marcus Gasol, I think. Uh, and, and so that's a good place to be. Um, but it, it, it's really interesting. Uh, yeah, it, the pro- but that's the problem we always keep coming back to. Is And so I don't think they're going to do I, – I can't see – I know we talked about it and I said I think I, I would do it the other day with is CJ for Otto Porter. I don't think I would – I don't think Neil ends up doing that. I just can't – I see more of a move on the margins – less than a move that uh, quote-unquote moves the needle. Yeah, I just don't see Washington doing it. I mean, they'd have two shooting guards. Yeah. You know, I, I don't think CJ's, you know, a one. No. So I, I don't see Washington doing that. Yeah, I mean, unless they unless they know they're trading Bradley Beal to another team, Yeah. which it doesn't sound like they're going to do because they're, like, kind of in this place where they've been winning some games since Wall went out. They're kind of in the playoff race, and their owner, uh, Ted Leonsis, like, just came out and said, we're never going to tank. Right. Uh, He said that to Candace Buckner, a Washington Post, our old friend. Uh, And so that was, you know, I I think that kind of rules that out of the equation. So I think it leaves you with these Memphis guys, the Atlanta guys we kind of mentioned before, um, I you know I I'm trying to think of anybody on Phoenix who would be worth it, but there's not really anybody there. T.J. Warren. T.J. Warren. I don't think they're going to move Kelly Oubre. I think he'd be a, an interesting player. Yeah. But I, I I I'm not seeing it. But I I do think it's kind of interesting that uh you know Portland is being talked about a lot in these you know national trade talks. Like, I, I I guess. But like we've been saying, it's kind of been that way for a while. Yeah. And Dame, I thought, was interesting. He suggested that maybe it's better just to 
play to their strength, and their strength right now is their continuity, their familiarity with each other, the, the coaching system. And he says that might be, you know, better than to try to chase talent because it's hard to get talent here. Yeah, and and I think it's it's really hard to get talent given the situation that they've been in. And I think, yeah. you know, I, I had something. Uh, yeah, actually, I'm gonna break. I'm gonna save that for our next segment. Okay. I'm come back. I had something that I wanted to talk about with uh, with regards to the All Star voting that came out yesterday. And we're back here on Locked On Blazers, and so this talk about uh, the trade deadline and the Blazers roster and whether it's attractive or not got me thinking about something else that I was talking about yesterday or thinking about yesterday uh, that my buddy Anand Pandian actually brought up to me was Dame finished below Derrick Rose in the player voting. Not not in the fan voting, but in the player voting. Yeah. And I do wonder, you know, unfairly or not, whether that reflects on that players have a maybe not as good of a perception of Dame as we would think. Because because for him to get less votes than Derrick Rose from the players yeah. is, 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 is really I, I, odd. I think you have to understand there's a really weird thing with the players and Derrick Rose that yeah. he has an amazing amount of respect uh, among players. Mm-hmm. Players love him uh, and there's just a, an enormous amount of respect there so that's uh, I think part of it you think it's but, more 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 that kind of respect for him than it is what they think of Dame I do okay I, I really do uh, at least I hope so because no, yeah, I, I think so I, I, I hope so because I don't understand why I, but I, I, I don't see that how anyone can uh, question Dame's body of work no. and who he is how he plays I mean he plays the right way he's a team guy he's uh, addressed his biggest issue which is his defense uh, he wins he's a proven winner um, so I, I don't see how and I, and I, I do think he has respect yeah no I, I mean I think he has respect too I mean, he obviously has respect of like LeBron James like LeBron James loves Dame a lot of guys love Dame I do wonder though if some of the stuff in the past he doesn't do it anymore but like the way he used to kind of chafe at not being on the all-star team. Yeah. I do wonder if that may have rubbed some people the wrong way that it's like, hey man, like yeah. you are really good, but like it wasn't your turn right. and not to take it personal. And I do wonder if like right. that maybe perceived almost entitlement yeah. could, could hurt his perception. I don't know what that says. And I don't think that that it really is an effect on like Portland's free agency. But it does make me wonder if, like, some of that is, like, just some bad perception that, like... Yeah, I don't know. Kind of messes with... It just got me thinking. It's so hard to know what resonates with players. Yeah. You know, uh, but I do know, uh, just hearing players talk about D. Rose, uh, they talk about him glowingly, and it's really something... Yeah. So anyway, uh, that was just something that that was really curious to me because I was thinking, you know, okay, so maybe other teams don't value their assets, but I was wondering, it's like, yeah. you know, how, and it's not really, I don't think it's very fair to Dame to hold that against him, yeah. but I, I do wonder if players, you know, everyone jokes about the petty wars and all that right. jazz on online. I do wonder if some of that stuff rubs players the wrong way. Yeah. You know, I, I, 
I, I legitimately do. But uh, it's so weird. I mean, because he's he's not a trash talker. No, he's, he's not. not a, he's nice to everybody. He's yeah. he's very like. But it, but I wonder if that specific thing, like the whining about the all star stuff, yeah. like maybe rubbed. Well, he, he had a point. He I did. don't think it was really whining. So no, it was. I didn't think it was either because he earned it, and especially the years when, like the year after Lamarcus left, and he didn't make the All Star team yeah. when they when he's having the best year of his career, and I, you know, that was one that really yeah. stood out to me. Like that was BS. I thought he should have made it, but uh, you know, I, I wonder if players saw that and were like, "Hey, man, like you yeah. know, we're pretty great too, and we didn't make it, or whatever." You know, because right. a lot of players, like even if they're not the best player in the league, they still think they are, even right. if they're riding the bench. And so, yeah. uh, but I thought that. It was just weird to me that Rose got more votes than than Lillard. I think Lillard. We said this last week. He's a lock, absolute lock. Yeah. The All Star team, especially with the way Portland has played in the last month. Yeah. He's absolutely solidified himself, uh, and I'm sure when the announcements come out next week, he will make it, and and you know he'll have another chance to you know be around all those players, and yeah. uh, it would be interesting to see which team he gets on. Uh, since you know a lot of people look at this now as like a networking opportunity for players to talk to each other about right. being on a team, maybe coming to you know joining up, you know Lillard kind of will have that opportunity, you know probably with uh, All Star Weekend coming up. So um, we haven't heard anything about Seth Curry. I, I would think that's a lock too. Yeah, that'll be in the three point shooting contest. Yeah. Okay. I, I threw one out. I don't think it's going to happen, but I was thinking Jake Lehman for the dunk contest. Yeah, he he can get up. Yeah, and and I, like someone who saved me, I don't you know I don't know his creativity, but there's got, he's like I bet Dame could he could get Dame to throw him some passes or something. Yeah. It could be a, it could be a little collaborative. Yeah. Uh, Blazer Blazer All Star Saturday. Yeah. Um, I I I I'd love to see that. Um, trying to think of anything else we need to cover uh, between now and the next episode. Well, I think that the Blazers are about to enter a really interesting part of their schedule where they're going to have a ton of off days. I mean, they play uh, Atlanta on Saturday, and then they have they don't play again until Wednesday. And then after Wednesday, I think it's like almost a week that they don't play until they play Miami. And the players, particularly Evan Turner, has really been vocal about how run down they are, about how their schedule has been uh, a lot of back and forth, a lot of road games, even though I think the Blazers have the most, have played the most home games of anybody. But it's been a really back and forth schedule for them, and Evan has talked about just being exhausted. Well, yeah, and you mentioned that you know he might be playing through something that he's oh, he really key, that he's yeah. key, that he's keeping quiet, and you know the fact that he's you know out there for thirty minutes a night, a lot of nights. Yeah. I mean that's that's pretty impressive, and I totally get it that he they need a little bit of time off, and yeah. you know it'll be nice for them too because you know they get this big week off, and they have I think they have a stretch of about four or five games before the, before the All Star break or five six games, and then they are off but then they all like Dame will go to Charlotte and then the whole team 
is going to meet up back in Boston, Brooklyn, Brooklyn. So they have like a long Eastern yeah. Conference road trip after the All Star break. So yeah. that's going to be, a, I think, a big determining factor where they finish in seeding. And uh, they're very, I think, they're very fortunate right now that after you know if they take care, of, they take care of business tomorrow against Atlanta, which I assume they will. Although Atlanta did beat OKC the other night, and they're kind of. Atlanta is one of those teams where they're they're tanking and they're selling off guys, but they're also trying to build something with the yeah. with the young guys that they have. So they're not going to be like Phoenix, where you know they're they're going to come out and be terrible. I mean, the, the the Hawks are bad, but they have a lot of guys that right. are very young, talented players, and maybe you know Portland also gets a chance to maybe look at a guy that has been rep- rumored. To be a target in Tony and Prince, so, you know another yeah. guy that I read, uh, Sean Strani, I reported that has Oregon ties is Tyler Dorsey. Uh, he's apparently on the trading block for them right now. I don't know how much he would help the Blazers, considering he's playing in the G League. Um, but he's another guy who's available. So uh, we have what is it? Uh, two, 13 days between now and the trade deadline, something like that. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, I'm going to be at the, the Hawks game tomorrow. Going to be sitting next to Jace, taking it in. So uh, It's interesting. I looked at a, a stat. The Blazers, so in the NBA, there's uh, a definite division of horrible teams. There's five teams that are by far and away the worst teams in the league. Mm-hmm. Atlanta, Phoenix, Cleveland, Chicago, New York. Uh, and there's only... Out of the playoff teams right now in the West and the East, I think there's only four teams who haven't lost to one of those bottom five. Toronto's the only team in the East that has does not have a bad loss against one of those. Portland's one. Uh, I think it's the Clippers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. And, the Clippers are a team uh, that, that... Oh, Golden State... But all these other teams have dropped, had a bad loss, and some sometimes more than one. Mm-hmm. Um, the Lakers have lost oh, to the Cleveland and New York. Uh, but it's been interesting. That has been one thing that Portland has done a very, very good job in playing these bottom five teams. They they've run the table, and uh, but that was kind of back to Isaac Rob's point that they have historically done a great job beating. The, yeah, the teams they yeah. do, but the teams that really kind of define who you are, they struggle against and are about a 500 team. Yeah, I was actually, I mentioned when we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, I mentioned this MMA term and I checked with my buddy who's a big MMA fan. So the term for the Blazers in MMA parlance would be they are a gatekeeper team. Gatekeeper. That they will always, they're kind of a measuring stick. Like if you can, like, you can beat them, you're better than, you know, you can beat them. But if you're not better than them, there's no way you're going to beat them. And that's kind of the team that the Blazers are. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see if they can move beyond that with a move with the trade deadline or maybe if this Jake Lehman stuff is for real. Maybe CJ decides to start – not decides. Maybe he starts making shots, you know. He's starting to get better at that, I yeah. think. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll see Sorry. if it can continue. It, it's, been a, it's been a tough season for him. So uh, we'll see if he can keep that up. But the Blazers – should take care of business tomorrow against the Hawks, but we will be there in case they don't and have a disaster, in which case everybody's <laughs> getting traded. Um, so, yeah, no, keep listening to Lockdown Blazers. Please read Jason at The Athletic and subscribe if you have not done that already and subscribe to the podcast. So leave us a review, tell your friends about the podcast, and we'll be back with you 
next week with some more Lockdown Peace.